welcome to another episode of the Duke Pod, and I have another wonderful guest this week. I have Jolene Constantis from Volumes of Space, our interior designer friend. How are you, Jolene? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for being on the show. First and foremost, how are you and the family doing? We're doing fantastic. We're doing a little bit of homeschooling and trying to juggle all of the COVID business, but things have been really good. Well, I read on your profile that it does say you have endless energy, so that should probably help. It comes in handy with two little boys, that's for sure. And running my own interior design business and my own house and all of that fun mom stuff. Yeah, well, what you actually told me earlier is that you actually would love to do some uh, health classes on the side as well. So you want to juggle even more than that if you could, right? Yes, I'm a, I'm a trained ballerina um, from when I was small. And I taught at our local gym various fitness classes for 10 years as a hobby. Everybody always gets a kick out of that. Um, but I had a bunch of ballet bars made and will actually be using my studio space to run a few classes once uh, once we get into the the red and 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 yellow zones for for COVID. We will get there. Hang in there eventually. <laughs> so you're you're kind of like living my dream because my dream is like uh, I started working out again and I'm like, yeah, one day I'm gonna be an okay looking dad. I'm gonna break that mold. <laughs> and you're already <laughs> like not like not like a dad bod, but I'll be like, yeah, I'll be like the one guy with a beach bad dad bod. <laughs> I started working. I that men, um, that's kind of like they're proud of their dad bod. They're like, I'm a dad. I got a dad bod. I find it funny because, like, so I'm not like uh, I'm a little bit, you know, a few extra pounds, but uh, I find that it's very fun to make fun of yourself. If you can't do that, then don't even bother. Yeah, like, well, you gotta yeah. Make people laugh it off. Yeah, if you can't handle making fun of yourself, just stay thin. It's not fun. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. Go out there. <laughs> keep laughing and don't take yourself too seriously, right? So that we definitely don't do that. Um, but uh, but yeah, we're a little bit of extra workout in the morning helps handle my two kids as well. So yeah, good for you there. So you know, people tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, what is volumes of space? How long you've been doing it? Tell us a little bit of history about your business. Well, I graduated from my interior design um, program at the International Academy of Design in 2002. And I had a job straight out of school and went into millwork design. That's designing kitchens and bathrooms and doing the full renovation, um, sort of from start to, to finish. I had great learning experience at that first firm where I worked. Um, went on to work at a couple different millwork suppliers and started my own business probably about a little over 10 years ago, um, offering a full scope interior design services. So branching out from the kitchen and bath um, and just the cabinetry millwork side of things where now you know, I'm selecting flooring, I'm renovating um, entire houses and entire main floors, picking paint colors, uh, providing custom furniture, uh, custom window coverings, um, selecting finishes and fixtures for people who are buying new houses, 
um, and helping contractors when they have clients who are renovating um, their sort of larger scale um, projects where they have a ton of selections and guiding their clients through those processes. So we do do kind of a wide range of services for our, our clients. Um, we also do uh, permit drawings and apply for permits because myself and my um, senior designer both have our BCIN certification, which is basically the Ministry of Housing has um, uh, said we are um, educated, we've passed the, the building code course, and we are qualified to um, create drawings for our clients and, and all the information will be there and it'll be structurally sound. That's actually something I didn't think about right away um, when you think of interior design, because I know I think, okay, I'll help you design stuff in the house, pick colors. But I didn't think, I didn't know right away that you had the ability to do your own drawings for permits as such. And you have that background, which is fascinating. Yeah, I always explain to people, because um, it is an, a very sort of common question that people have, what's the difference between a decorator and a designer? Well, a designer has to both understand and be able to perform the abilities of a decorator as well as an architect. So we do a lot of the same projects from both professions. Amazing. Yeah. One, of the, one of the things you said uh, that I actually think about once in a while is sometimes I have clients, they do some renovation projects, whether they do their own or larger scale. Is there a monetary amount that a project is, this is the budget of the project that you think there should definitely be an interior designer? Well, like mm -hmm. what expensive does a project have to get where you're like, well, you should definitely have an interior designer for that. We don't um, run our business that way. Yeah. We typically um, recommend having an interior designer when you don't feel comfortable to make a decision that is going to um, affect you in a way that you can't come back from. So a lot of people will hire us piecemeal. Like we just need some advice on a couple different um, choices that we have to make in our renovation. Can you come, can we just hire you for a couple hours? Absolutely. And all we're doing for those people is we're giving them the confidence to make those big decisions, like running one particular flooring all the way through your main floor um, or picking a paint color that has to go through the entire main floor. Yeah. Um, sometimes those are very costly decisions. And if you make the wrong one, then you're going to have to do it over again and or live with something that you're not happy with. I recommend um, hiring an interior designer when you don't feel like you have the confidence to make those decisions yourself. Because right. far none, you're going to save money putting a, investing a little bit of time hiring a professional to help you make those, those, those decisions confidently. Yeah, I think uh, one of the worst things uh, that you probably don't want to hear is someone picking something on their own, a color or a floor, and then being like, "Ah, oh, why did we pick this? Like, uh, yeah. uh, I remember uh, for that person too, right? Especially yeah. when they spent a lot of money on their renovation. But to put a number on it, like, oh, well, if you have a project that's over $20,000, you should definitely get an interior designer. It doesn't really work that way because $20,000 could be a lot to one person and not really a lot to another person. 
So when you quantify it by a dollar value, um, it's just so different from, from one person to another. That's why I always say, if you're, if you're not confident making those decisions, get somebody to help you. Do you think a better way of saying it would be like, uh, if you feel that this renovation is going to be a big job, you should yeah. invite an interior designer to help you? Yeah. Um, well, hiring an interior designer, um, a lot of people have a misconception that it's going to cost them more money. And it's, the, it's absolutely 100% the opposite. Um, when we first meet with our clients, we usually get down into discussing um, what their needs and their wants are, what their expectations are. And then we really um, hone in on their budget. A lot of people like to keep their budget really kind of like close to their chest. They think that that's like their, the thing that they have to keep secret or yeah, I, I, I don't seat. understand why. <laughs> Because as soon as we know that number, then we're going to design a space that, and, and give you ideas that fit into your budget. Um, designers don't work the opposite way, where they come in and they're just like, oh, do, 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 do. That's not helpful. Because then you're going to see this like beautiful space that you can't afford, right? And good design does not have to cost thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It really doesn't. Right. If you have a tight budget, um, be upfront with us because it's going to help us to give you the, um, it's going to help us to design a space that's more fitted to you. Um, and if we're conscientious of the budget from the beginning, um, it's just going to make a lot more sense and make the whole project run a lot smoother. All right. So here's a question for you. I know if you have a good budget, you're probably feel like, yeah, we can do a lot of good stuff, but and you have a tight budget, do you actually value the challenge of coming up with a good design for a tight budget? Absolutely. Or, okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, some of my more fun uh, projects have been with clients that are like, look, we don't have a lot of money, but this is what we're trying to do. Do you have any ideas that we can that we can achieve this look in a different way? Because there's different lines of cabinetry. There are even different lines of quartz. Um, and we, as interior designers, it's our job to know everything that's out there. So it's easy for uh, our clients to say, "This is what I'm looking for," and I'm like, "Oh, well, I have the perfect thing." Because hmm. we have that whole sort of like inventory constantly like in our head. I feel like you would know more about material, like finished material, at least for sure, than the average contractor based on what you just said. Yeah, because I work with many different contractors who have many different suppliers, and I know the color, like Rolodex for like all the ease troughs, all the siding, all the brick, all the stucco, and then everything on the inside too. Okay, excellent. So not just interior designer, but exterior as well. Yeah, well, a house has two sides. Absolutely. Inside, outside. That, <laughs> that, that makes a huge difference. <laughs> Although I do, I do like looking at a house, sometimes showing a house that somebody renovated, they flipped it, and like it looks so janky on the outside, but inside it looks beautiful. Or vice versa, it looks great on the outside, and then inside it's just like, oof. <laughs> they, only, they only had um, the budget to do one side. <laughs> Which side would you recommend then? Um, I would recommend balancing your budget for inside and outside. Great answer. 
and you'll find a way to make it happen. Yes. <laughs> um, well, you know what? On that topic, uh, let's talk about colors first, since you already mentioned colors. Yeah. What what colors do you like now? Because I, I do think of when we sell a house, we often just pick beige or a shade of gray. But uh, one, are those still the correct colors to sell a house? And two, what colors do you like if you're not just looking to sell or you just want to, uh, what's, what's trending? If you're looking to sell, to flip, um, to as developers, you know, building houses and selling them, um, if you have a neutral palette, you are going to naturally appeal to a larger percentage of people. And that's why we do it that way. Because um, we want everybody to be able to come into a home that we're staging or um, flipping or renovating to sell. Um, we want everybody to come in and be able to picture their furniture, their lifestyle and their artwork on the walls in, in every room. So the more neutral the palette, the better that those potential buyers will be able to picture their, their stuff in, in the home. Um, and that's obviously going to sell the home better than if you were to do like some wild and trendy color on the wall. Um, you know, 50% of the people are like, oh my God, I have to change that. And 50% of the people love it. Then you've, you've taken away 50% of your potential buying clientele. So in that case, um, we're still sticking to neutrals. Um, beige is definitely coming back. Um, we did go through like a really big gray period. I think everybody got a little bit sick of it, even though warm grays still to me are, are very, very, very like um, classic almost. So anything like a Collingwood in the Benjamin Moore color wheel or um, a, a Balboa mist or a silver satin, I think they're all in the same like um, chip family, but they're all just beautiful, very neutral, pretty colors. Calm is also a very nice soft white. Um, but just doing um, everything white on white on white too is still a very classic look that we're seeing a lot of. Um, it's not going away. And I've been doing white shaker kitchens for 18 years. <laughs> Do you I like said, it when someone's like, Design me a funky kitchen. You're like, yes, finally. <laughs> yes, right. So um, I think that's that's held on for for quite a long time, and it and has become just sort of a um, a classic look. If I was to be able to have a little fun, um, a lot of the sort of richer greens, like the jade green. Um, uh, uh, trying to think of the color from Benjamin Moore, but I'm, I may not be able to put my, my finger on it. Um, navy blues, like hail navy, mm -hmm. and even black accents, like, oh my gosh, black kitchen cabinets in a matte black finish or matte black faucets right now are just, they're fantastic. Okay. I love that striking contrast that rich deep color for me is um top notch i love it okay so if you guys hire jolene to do your black kitchen cabinet she'll be really excited yeah. <laughs> yeah, <please. laughs> I, I i a quick little story um about 
taking a risk with colors. I remember I sold a townhouse, my own townhouse, like uh, four years ago. And I redid the powder room, um, knew everything. But it, my wife's like, oh, paint it green. The rest of the house was like gray. So when I was showing the house to people that were looking to buy and they didn't know I was the real estate agent and they didn't know I, I owned the house or like they knew I was a real estate agent, but they didn't know I owned the house. I'm like, hey, what do you guys think? They're like, the house is so beautiful, but why would you use this green color? It <laughs> doesn't match the house at all. <laughs> I remember laughing about that pretty hard. I'm like, all right, we probably shouldn't have picked that color. <laughs> well, there are different greens. So yes. we probably picked the wrong shade of green. <laughs> you can go wrong with the green real quick. And we did, but still the house sold, so it's okay. <laughs> like right now, it's kind of like that, um, like an emerald green, sort of really rich and deep, or very earthy greens, like um, mossy greens or the jade. Um, when I say jade, um, it could be like a pine green too. Pine, yeah. pine and jade, jade green are kind of very similar. But yeah, it's a good way of describing it. For one, like when people are listening to this on the podcast, they'll be like, "Hmm, you got to really think about pine co like pine trees and pine stuff tree like that." <laughs> um, <laughs> what What are the up and coming trends? Do you think of twenty twenty one? What do you think is going to be popular? Well, I think that COVID has had a huge impact on the design world. And what I mean by that is the way that we live in our houses has changed. We no longer um, have our spare bedroom. We've turned that into a home office. We no longer have unfinished basements for storage. We have additional living area for um, multi-generational living, or we've converted it into a home gym. So these are huge um, projects that we're working a lot on um, because people are spending more time in their homes. They're putting so much more investment um, in updating their homes for the new way that they're living. Okay. Yeah, I don't, that totally makes sense. Uh, yeah. People need home gyms, people need office spaces, right? And, and those tend to be the, the uh, other than the, the major renovations that they've always wanted to do, but, you know, they took that trip to the Bahamas and they did this and then they did the other thing where now they're not doing anything and there's no excuse and everyone is sort of fulfilling their renovation dream. Yeah, yeah, there's, uh, the, the people for some reason have a lot of money like now to spend on renovations and and this and that. And, well, uh, if you want to pull a mortgage out on your house right now to get a little bit of extra cash, the rates are really low. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, people are, are taking advantage of, of some of the sort of economic benefits to, to COVID as well. And I can tell you that the way the market's going, adding that kind of value to your home will probably, probably double the, not double, but double the amount of money you spent on it, probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. What, uh, one of the things I saw on your Instagram is that you have uh, a team of people, you have your suppliers there, you, you did a little excerpt on them, right? Um, so how important is it to have a team of people and then my follow-up question is, do you prefer to work with them 
or how much does it bother you to work with other people? <laughs> That's a very good question. Um, I am a very good team player. So if my client dictates who the team is going to be, then I'm going to play well with the team members, no matter who they are. I'm going to do my job the way I, I always would. And ultimately, it's up to the client to decide who they trust to do the renovation work. And that's totally okay with us. Um, everybody at my firm, I've always um, dictated that um, we, don't, we don't necessarily call the shots unless we feel really, really strongly about it. So, and what I mean by that is trust is such a huge thing in our industry. The people and the, the people, our suppliers, our trade people who we work with, we have built a relationship with, we've built trust with them. We know that when we do a drawing, they understand what the, the information that's on our drawings. We know that if they have a question, they're gonna ask us communication is always gonna be there. We have to be able to trust the people that we're working with to be able to communicate. Um, I obviously can't be on site every day, all day. Um, so our contractors are very much an extension of ourselves and that's how we, we see it. So we pick the best people in the industry to do um, the work for us. And, and sort of bring our designs and our creations to life. Um, but that doesn't mean that we have our finger on all of the best people out there. So, you know, I've had a couple instances where I've worked with a contractor that my client has hired and I end up connecting with that contractor and continue using them moving forward. So I don't, I don't have a, a, a sort of a, a line drawn in the sand where that's concerned. I like to be flexible. Um, I think that our profession um, requires that of us. Excellent. I also we feel that- So many different people, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, why not, right? If you have a good experience, why not? I also feel like if you, if you, since you've made like six or seven profiles of your favorite contractors, that if you make the cut, you must be a pretty big deal. Yeah. Right? if you make jolene's instagram profile <laughs> we're actually featuring everybody on our website too and there's there's um probably four contractors four or five contractors that didn't actually make the photo shoot day so oh no we'll that's a nice way of saying you didn't make the cut <laughs> we'll, have more, we'll have more to add as time goes on i okay. feel like it's an ongoing and an evolving thing so people could actually go on your website and uh, see that these are very credible contractors if they don't know who to work with, right? Yeah. Okay. That's really important to know. The other thing is that you have two other team members that are part of our own space, right? Yes. Lisa and Kelly. Lisa and Kelly. Okay. Well, congratulations on having two extra teammates. Uh, when did they come on board? Um, Kelly came on very shortly after I incorporated Volumes of Space, which was about four years ago, and she has been invaluable to our business and um, is now our senior designer and very much my partner in crime. Um, I like to run my business as um, a team 
and we make decisions together and we usually work on a lot of projects together um, because everybody has a different sort of skill set um, and it's a lot more fun that way because we ha have a creative profession and being able to um, share creative thoughts and, and blend ideas together, I think you come out with a much more successful end result. And Lisa is our newest member. She's only been with us for a year and a bit. Um, she's actually taking her interior design diploma program, um, which is fantastic. She's doing really, really well. And Excellent. she assists um, with a lot of purchasing, a lot of um, sourcing, and she is amazing at pulling stuff together. She also does our online market, which will we, we will be releasing in the next week or two. What, um, is, what is that? Our, our clients can actually go to our website and see 12 items. Every uh, collection will be releasing 12 curated items. Um, that we have come across on Etsy or Instagram or out and about in town. We, they are all locally sourced. So all Canadian products, um, mostly like in Southwestern Ontario, which is kind of a fun um, thing to support local businesses. And um, you can, we've got like special pricing on them and you can go and pick a few things to purchase right off of the internet, uh, off of our website. And every season we will release a new collection. So for spring, summer, fall, winter, um, 12 items that we've curated. Mm, that's fascinating. So yeah. your first 12 items will be coming out soon? Yes, in the next couple of weeks, our website should be finished. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see that now. Yes, we are, it's been a lot of work. The first one's always like, Ooh. Um, but we managed to pull it all together and Good. now it's just final details. Okay. So we, no one will criticize you for your first time. <laughs> ah! No, we have 12 beautiful pro products, like gorgeous. We have a blanket that literally feels like air. It's so soft and they're custom made. So Ooh. yeah, the, the supplier is, is a wonderful woman from Toronto and she's just been phenomenal and and makes a really gorgeous product maybe this is like the blanket that i need to put my kids to sleep earlier you know just put that over uh, my son yeah. and be like yeah now he's gonna go to sleep on time <laughs> yeah I, i'm not kidding it's like we actually uh did four or five weeks of giveaways before christmas and we got one of those blankets as part of one of the giveaways and oh my goodness um our the winner of that package went crazy for that blanket. Okay, now I'm going so to need to know, I'm going to need to check out this blanket. Yes. <laughs> um, one of the things I, I wanted to just comment on is that uh, since you're, uh, you're two girls there, um, you know, the, especially the first one, uh, she's been on board for four years. So you know that the work environment is very good. <laughs> yes, we have a lot of fun together. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's important, right? You gotta, you gotta be serious when you have to be, but you should yeah. have fun when you can, right? Well, we're all moms and Lisa's children are a little bit older, so she doesn't really feel the homeschooling crunch, but Kelly and I often will um, come in and work on the weekends and also drink wine. Excellent. That's yeah. People, people that work together and drink wine together. 
yeah. stay together and yeah. be successful together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now let's have a little bit of fun. Let's talk about, uh, you know, you do some wonderful work with interior design. What are some of your pet peeves? Mm, my favorite are my clients who spend a lot of money to hire me, but fight me on all of my decisions. That's yeah. my favorite. Or um, they will take a look at this like phenomenal plan that we've put together and the space lays out so perfectly, everything flows. And then it's like, no, I liked that idea that I actually sketched for you before. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I have all of the concepts in here for you, but I just like streamlined it a little bit. Nah, we liked it the way it was before. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to like grit your teeth and, and, and go for it. But there are instances where, um, you know, there are color combinations. The client really wants this like warm brown sort of color and they want like a creamy floor. And I'm just like, mm, becoming like almost saying no becomes an art. Like learning how to put your designer foot down is what I call it. Yeah. Make a joke out of it with people. Oh, I'm going to have to put my designer foot down on this one. And they laugh and we laugh. And it's really just me saying, uh-uh, that's not going to look good. <laughs> and it's so funny sometimes. Um, how clients will will fight you um, along the way because change is hard and allowing somebody to come in and um, manipulate your private home, your private spaces is hard. Mm -hmm. Even though you understand the concept and you've paid for me to be there, it's hard to let go sometimes. But at the end of the day, everyone is really happy and you know, oh my goodness, um, I had a client and he was, or he is my, well, you can take a look at the project. I think it's called, um, it's my Burlington project. I want to see, uh, oh my is gosh. It on, is it on your website? It is on my website. I definitely want you to check it out. I definitely want you to go and take a look at this backsplash. Those are some, those are some, I, I looked at them before, uh, before coming on the call with you. And uh, yeah, th those are all like amazing looking projects. Because, oh my goodness, um, my client fought me on this backsplash. And he said, you know what? I, I don't like it. I don't um, think it's going to work. Um, it's my forced veil dream project. Forest Vale Dream. And we did so many like beautiful different things in that kitchen. It's stunning. Um, the whole home was stunning because I literally renovated it from top to bottom. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a single square foot of space I didn't touch. Um, and uh, he fought me on this backsplash, I tell you, and it got funny. And he said to me, he said, you know what? What's a good batting average? Like 300. Okay. So he made a baseball reference to me. I don't, I don't watch sports like at all. Sometimes I watch soccer. 
um, I'm European background and, sure. um, and, and Olympics. I'm going to be truthful. This summer, hopefully. Yeah. He says to me, you know what? You're, bat you're batting like a 290 average. He goes and because he, he would never give me perfect. He's that guy. Um, but I'm telling you this backsplash, I don't know if I can dig it. And I'm like, you know what, Paul, I'm going to put it in. And if it's terrible, I will take it out. I promise. I will, I will cover the cost. I'll take it out. So we went through this and he's harassing me because we're friends too. So he's, you know, poking me a little bit about this backsplash the whole time. It goes in. He came home that night. He called me right away and he's like, you're batting 300. And that's all he said. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. He didn't want to say I was right. He didn't want to say, you know, that I had made a good choice. He just said, oh, your batting average went up. But it's surprisingly hard to tell the other person in any relationship that they're right. <laughs> right? It was, a, it was a fun, a fun little moment where sometimes, you know, um, people have a hard time giving me full control. Mm. And we 100% realize that I'm a control freak. I couldn't give somebody else control either. Yeah. And, and we know that going in, but it is one thing that um, as a control freak is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. The other thing is um, the old classic piece of furniture that they've inherited from their grandparents that I cannot do anything with. And then you're just like, okay, can, oh, and then it has to stay, right? Because it's got sentimental it's value. So it's so sentimental. And I'm like, oh, well, why don't we refinish it in this like amazing chalk paint and we can put new hardware on it. It's like, uh, no, that'll wreck it. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I can imagine you being so excited. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> How about we do this? And it's like, no. So you literally just have to be creative and figure out a way to um, display it properly and to use it in the design. Um, and then two of my biggest pet peeves, just like in day-to-day -day design, are probably big screen TVs and massive refrigerators. You when feel like they don't need to be there? I hate them. It's either a big black box on the wall and how do you make that look good? It's a big square that's just like, bing. You don't see anything but that big square on the wall. And for me, televisions have always been an eyesore. Yeah, well, good thing you were and designing in the TV. 80s or 90s where you had like those 500 pound TVs, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I'm not putting TV down. I just think that sometimes they get a little bit over, they go a little overboard. You'd be happy to know we only have one TV in our house. I, I'm not judging the TV. <laughs> I have two TVs. Okay. So well, I'm not judging the TV. It's just my TVs are smaller. That's okay. All. Hey, it helps you with your eyes, right? A smaller TV is a little easier to design around. And <laughs> a lot of times I'll have like these clients who have a small space for their kitchen and then they have to get the biggest refrigerator. I'm like, but why? Well, all of our food won't fit into like a smaller refrigerator. And I'm like, well, why are you buying so much food? Yep. I don't know. 
I, did you, like being European, do you go grocery shopping a lot more often? So uh, it is actually, uh, now that we're home all the time, it is actually a huge issue in our house because my wife shops too much, in my opinion. Um, so for example, like uh, last week, she bought a bag of beets and she forgot that we have a bag of beets in the cold storage. So now oh. every day I've forced both of us to eat two or three beets a day. And it's become a pretty fun joke. <laughs> so we definitely don't need that much. You should juice those guys. Beet juice is like delicious. And I will let her know that you suggested we have some beet juice today because she's sick of those beets. <laughs> um, I don't know if you do this, but when I get a bag of beets, I probably juice half of them. And then the other half I boil and there's some construction going on. Um, I boil and then I slice them up and I put them in my salad with a little bit of goat cheese. Yeah, I have, I've been eating a lot of beets recently in various ways and I, I don't mind it. I, I, you just, you picked a vegetable that I'm absolutely like in love with. So I'm with you. I like the beets. I just don't think she and likes them the anymore. I will eat the rest of your beets. How about that? I have a whole nother bag. Yeah. That she's like, she's like, I'm like, as soon as we're done this, all these beets, we got to cook the other bag. And she's just like, oh, I will we'll never go shopping again. <laughs> That's so funny. And I'm like, I have nothing else to do. Let's just run this joke for as long as possible, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, what, but that's it. One of the things I, I, I wonder about pet peeves is like, you know, obviously we don't go to people's homes too much these days. Uh, obviously you do for your work, but when you go to like a friend's house or, you know, even you're not even planning to work and you see stuff that you just don't like, does that happen? Did you just like instantly look at stuff and you're like, ah, do you like cringe or do you like, or you just no. try to turn that off? I can shut it off. Okay, good. I can shut it off really well. Yeah. Good for you okay. being able to do that. It's, uh, it's one of those things where I'm not there to critique that's that's not like what I do. I don't go through life and critique. Um, I really see my my job as um, I don't know, doing a little bit of good in the world and helping people um, be comfortable and enjoy their homes more. That's that, that's gotta have a good feeling. Yeah. Especially nowadays, right? When you have to be in it nonstop. Yeah, like you want to. You want to be comfortable. You want to be happy. You want to be calm. You know, zen. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I I have a question I wanted to ask you. I just don't know if you've already answered it. Um, is there like a favorite story in the trade that you want to like talk about? Because we are um, a real estate stories podcast. Is there one that you thought you want to share? Have a little fun with something. Absolutely. Um, my expertise or just because I've had a lot of experience with it is renovating um, turn of the century homes. So 100 year, 100 year olds, 100 year old plus. Yes, homes that were built in like the early 1900s, late 1800s. Um, the town where I grew up, Cambridge, Ontario, um, they have an area of town uh, called West Galt. And in West Galtz, it, it was very much a Victorian era um, town. And a lot of these homes are just stunning, even still. 
and they've obviously been manipulated and renovated over the years um, numerous times. I was working on a project and there was a section of the ceiling that we had to take down because we couldn't access it and add pot lights in any other way. So we're taking the ceiling down and down from the ceiling falls a old hat that it was like one of those little like 1900s little like cap and the fabric had it's amazing because it was fully preserved but this the fabric in the cap had just sort of like deteriorated and it was almost just like the strands were left with like the lining it was mm -hmm. phenomenal it was there was a geography book and a notebook and an old like leather boot like a kid size leather boot and it they in the book it was all of his like homework and he wrote his name on the book and his name was Finn um and that it might have been like Fitzgibbons or like it was an old name and they actually looked him up the clients and they had this like little crazy almost like time capsule wow. of stuff from this old well he probably wouldn't even been alive anymore I I think he probably would have passed away but as a child put these things in the floorboard forgot about them moved people lived in the house and finally this one family renovates and it falls out of the ceiling it was incredible so you somebody did finally find treasure in the walls it was a it was a treasure for sure <laughs> for sure uh that's 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 amazing um, yeah it's really cool so if you have century-old homes beware of treasure when you renovate them you never know yeah but you gotta check that's why you gotta redo the home <laughs> Call Jolene. Uh, Jolene, one more last question um, I had, um, and I know you got to get going. Uh, I always wonder which type of renovations actually need a permit? It's a good question. <laughs> and um, technically, you need a permit to disconnect and reconnect a sink in a kitchen. Um, the building department does not want you to get a permit to disconnect and reconnect a sink. They are busy. Um, and typically we recommend if there is any structural changes happening in the house, then um, you should get a permit. Um, mostly because you wanna make sure the work is done properly and that your home is not gonna fall down and your family is safe. Because that's what the building code is. It's a, a guidelines and rules to keep people safe. Um, but if you're finishing a basement, all the framing work is there, you're just adding superficial walls, doing a little bit of electrical, um, you're not putting in a, base, a bedroom because you do, if, if you are putting a bedroom in a basement, you need a permit. If you're putting a kitchen in a basement, you need a permit. Um, you actually need to have that whole area then designated as a auxiliary apartment. Um, but if you're just finishing it as a um, weight room or an extended living area, you don't have to get a building permit. You just want to really make sure that your contractor has 
um, experience in putting in the right smoke detectors, in dropping your, your heat rads to the floor and not keeping them in the ceiling. Um, there's a, a bunch of different things that um, are kind of like commonplace uh, for, for a basement renovation. You don't, you don't need, there aren't any safety issues um, really that you 100% need a building permit for. Um, but I, honestly, if there's any structural changes, that's usually my general rule. I'll suggest a, a building permit. Now, if my client says, I don't want to go through the rigmarole of that process. I've dealt with the city before. It was really complicated. They gave us a hard time. I'll always uh, mention or, or inquire, how's your relationship with your neighbors? Um, because if the city finds out that we go ahead and we um, move forward with construction without getting a permit, you always run the risk of um, getting a stop work order. So the city can come in and say, halt, every construction, everybody has to leave the premises right now and you have to apply for a permit and the permit has to be approved. And if, we, if you have to um, rip anything out for us to see to um, approve, then that will be at your own cost. And then if you ignore that warning and you still proceed with construction, they can come back and slap you with a $10,000 fine. Ouch. Lots of people don't know that. Um, so, and, and obviously if you live in, a, in an area where it's internal construction, nobody's gonna know about it. It's not a very sort of invasive thing. You're not touching any like supporting walls. You can usually get away with it. And, and we'll work with our clients on that because obviously all of the people, contractors that we work with abide by the building code, whether we have a permit or not. Right. Um, so there is a little bit of flexibility there, but it's just how much risk are you comfortable with? That makes sense. Thank you so much. And then having a building permit at the end of the day, when you go to sell your house is a really, really beneficial document so that the home buyer knows you were a really um, good resident, you did everything properly, you took care of your home, and that's going to go a long way when you when you go to sell it. Yeah, and then the new owners can feel safe that the construction was done well, right? Exactly. So one last major, major question. When people uh, want to renovate their home, or they need some advice, or they finally get really tired of looking at the exact same wall all year round, 24-7, how can they find you? Uh, they can reach me um, through my website at www.volumesofspace.com. They can reach me um, by my cell phone. The number on the website is my cell phone direct line. It's 519-221-3463. And you can also reach us through our Instagram account, which is Volumes of Space. Perfect. Well, yeah. thanks a lot for being on the show. Uh, I think I learned a lot. Yeah. Awesome. And now you can enjoy, uh, I think, a couple of days off, right? Yeah. Excellent. Well deserved. <laughs> thanks, Philippe. Take care. Bye now. Hey guys, thanks a lot for listening. And let us know what topics and what kind of guests you would love to hear from us. And we'll get on that. And, of course, enjoy some of these fun bloopers. Uh, you can't. Life can't be so easy, right? No. I, do, I let them dress themselves and express express themselves sometimes they they come out of the
the house pretty wild and I don't, I don't say anything. My baby likes to wear Halloween costumes most of the time. So I feel like, uh, with my son, I think I dress him reasonably. Like I try to match his clothing, you know, just whatever, like pick a shirt, match his pants, whatever. But with my daughter, she's five months. She's got a lot of hair. And I can, because I have to, I'm going to be the one taking them to school because my wife works early. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that there'll be some pretty crazy hair days for her. <laughs> like, I don't know anything about brushing hair. Nothing about, I'm like, maybe she'll wear a lot of hats, you know? <laughs> what I'm uh, looking forward to though, having your girl, uh, is that now that I'm working out in the mornings at like 7.30 in the morning when they're all waking up and just coming to, I'm dancing a lot of the time with music on because I already am up for two hours and Oliver doesn't want to dance with me so much. So <laughs> <laughs> he's always like, dad, I just want to build this puzzle. Okay. 